Hello world, this is Roger Corvale and this is For the Hope. Here we read through the Bible conversationally, talk about the truth claims of Christianity, and learn to fall more in love with Jesus and the people in his world. You ready? Let's roll. Welcome. Pop quiz. What city in the world was the very first place people were called Christians? And, bonus, what was the context there? Hey, Hopeful, welcome to For the Hope's Daily Audio Bible, where we consider life and work in light of God's story, and and sometimes even just the way cultural trends sometimes don't ever change. In fact, what does this have to do with the LGBTQ movement of the 1980s? Well, I will get to that in today's Reflection. Today, though, we kick off uh, a Monday. Welcome back after your long Christmas weekend. We're in Acts, picking up in chapter 11, and it continues a little bit of the same story we heard in Acts chapter 10, so I'm just going to get rolling. The apostles and the brothers and sisters who were throughout Judea heard that the Gentiles had also received the word of God. When Peter went up to Jerusalem, the circumcision party criticized him, saying, You went to uncircumcised men and ate with them. Peter began to explain to them step by step, saying, I was in the town of Joppa praying, and I saw, in a trance, an object that resembled a large sheet coming down, being lowered by its four corners from heaven, and it came to me. When I looked closely and considered it, I saw the four-footed animals of the earth, the wild beasts, the reptiles, and the birds of the sky. I also heard a voice telling me, Get up, Peter, kill and eat. No, Lord, I said, for nothing impure or ritually unclean has ever entered my mouth. But a voice answered from heaven a second time, What God has made clean, you must not call impure. Now this happened three times and everything was drawn up again into heaven. At that very moment, three men who had been sent to me from Caesarea arrived at the house where we were and the Spirit told me to accompany them with no doubts at all. These six brothers also accompanied me and we went into the man's house. He reported to us how he had seen an angel standing in his house and saying, "'Send to Joppa and call for Simon who is also named Peter.' He will speak a message to you by which you and all your household will be saved. As I began to speak, the Holy Spirit came down on them just as on us at the beginning. I remembered the word of the Lord, how he said, John baptized with water, but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. If then God gave them the same gift he also gave to us when we believed in the Lord Jesus Christ, how could I possibly hinder God? And when they heard this, they became silent. And they glorified God, saying, So then, God has given repentance, resulting in life, even to the Gentiles. I will pause right there just long enough to say, How many times have we read in the Old Testament that God's heart is for all people? And yet, they were kind of steeped in their own religiosity, weren't they? Continuing, now those who had been scattered as a result of the persecution that started because of Stephen 
made their way as far as Phoenicia, Cyprus, and Antioch, speaking the word to no one except Jews. But there were some of them, men from Cyprus and Cyrene, who came to Antioch and began speaking to the Greeks also, proclaiming the good news about the Lord Jesus. The Lord's hand was with them, and a large number who believed turned to the Lord. News about them reached the church in Jerusalem, and they sent out Barnabas to travel as far as Antioch. And when he arrived and saw the grace of God, he was glad and encouraged all of them to remain true to the Lord with devoted hearts. For he was a good man, full of the Holy Spirit and of faith, and large numbers of people were added to the Lord. Then he went to Tarsus to search for Saul, and when he found him, he brought him to Antioch. For a whole year they met with the church and taught large numbers. The disciples, here we go. The disciples were first called Christians at Antioch. In those days, some prophets came down from Jerusalem to Antioch. One of them named Agabus stood up and predicted by the Holy Spirit that there would be a severe famine throughout the Roman world. This took place during the reign of Claudius. Each of the disciples, according to his ability, determined to send relief to the brothers and sisters who lived in Judea. They did this, sending it to the elders by means of Barnabas and Saul. And that is chapter 11 of Acts. Uh, Bonus content. Each of the disciples, according to his ability, determined. Given we were just talking about the heart yesterday, uh, that's a good little bit, right? It's not coerced, but they just made a determination in their own heart that they were going to help out. But you just heard the disciples were first called Christians at Antioch which was in Syria. And there's my provocation question of the day. How does that relate to the LGBTQ movement of the 1980s? We will get there. First, though, turning back to our Old Testament segment, um, we started, uh, well, before the Christmas break, with this section in in, uh, Jeremiah from chapters 7 through 10, It is about false religion and a deluded people. And just at 50,000 feet, there was a significant calling out of the worthlessness of false religion. And then kind of some heavy-duty stuff, just looking at the valley of slaughter, as in the consequences of that. And today, more kind of heavy-duty stuff, sin and punishment, uh, from which I think we should just continue to remember that God takes sin seriously. Jeremiah chapter 8, picking up in verse 4. You are to say to them, this is what the Lord says. Do people fall and not get up again? If they turn away, do they not return? Why have these people turned away? Why is Jerusalem always turning away? They take hold of deceit. They refuse to return. I've paid careful attention. They do not speak what is right. No one regrets his evil, asking, What have I done? Everyone has stayed his course like a horse rushing into battle. Even storks in the sky know their seasons. Turtle doves, swallows, and cranes are aware of their migration, but my people do not know the requirements of the Lord punishment for Judah's leaders. 
little section divider. How can you claim, we are wise, the law of the Lord is with us? In fact, the lying pen of scribes has produced falsehood. The wise will be put to shame. They will be dismayed and snared. They have rejected the word of the Lord. So what wisdom do they really have? Ooh, that's a, that's a good line. They have rejected the word of the Lord. So what wisdom do they really have? Therefore, I will give their wives to other men their fields to new occupants. For from the least to the greatest, everyone is making profit dishonestly. From prophet to priest, everyone deals falsely. They have treated the brokenness of my dear people superficially, claiming peace, peace, when there is no peace. Were they ashamed when they acted so detestably? They were not at all ashamed. They can no longer feel humiliation. Therefore, they will fall among the fallen. When I punish them, they will collapse, says the Lord. I will gather them and bring them to an end. This is the Lord's declaration. There will be no grapes on the vine, no figs on the fig tree, and even the leaf will wither. Whatever I have given to them will be lost to them. God's people unrepentant. Why are we just sitting here, gathering together? Let's enter the fortified cities and perish there, for the Lord our God has destroyed us. He has given us poisoned water to drink because we have sinned against the Lord. We hoped for peace, but there was nothing good. We hoped for a time of healing, but there was only terror. From Dan, the snorting of horses is heard. At the sound of the neighing of mighty steeds, the whole land quakes. They come to devour the land and everything in it, the city and all its residents. Indeed, I am about to send snakes among you, poisonous vipers that cannot be charmed. They will bite you. This is the Lord's declaration. Lament over Judah. My joy has flown away. Grief has settled on me. My heart is sick. Listen, the cry of my dear people from a faraway land, saying, Is the Lord no longer in Zion, her king not within her? Why have they angered me with their carved images, with their worthless foreign idols? Harvest has passed, summer has ended, but we have not been saved. I am broken by the brokenness of my dear people. I mourn. Horror has taken hold of me. Is there no balm in Gilead? Is there no physician there? So why has the healing of my dear people not come about? If my head were a flowing spring, my eyes a fountain of tears, I would weep day and night over the slain of my dear people. If only I had a traveler's lodging place in the wilderness, I would abandon my people and depart from them, for they are all adulterers, a solemn assembly of treacherous people. They bent their tongues like their bows. Lies and not faithfulness prevail in the land, for they proceed from one evil to another, and they do not take me into account. This is the Lord's declaration imminent ruin and exile. Everyone has to be on guard against his friend, 
Don't trust any brother, for every brother will certainly deceive, and every friend spread slander. Each one betrays his friend. No one tells the truth. They have taught their tongues to speak lies. They wear themselves out doing wrong. You live in a world of deception. In their deception, they refuse to know me. This is the Lord's declaration. Therefore, this is what the Lord of armies says. I am about to refine them and test them. For what else can I do because of my dear people? Their tongues are deadly arrows. They speak deception. With his mouth, one speaks peaceably about his, with his friend, but inwardly he sets up an ambush. Should I not punish them for these things? This is the Lord's declaration. Should I not avenge myself on such a nation as this? I will raise weeping and a lament over the mountains, a dirge over the wilderness grazing land, for they have been so scorched that no one passes through. The sound of cattle is no longer heard. From the birds of the sky to the animals, everything is fled. They've gone away. I will make Jerusalem a heap of rubble, a jackal's den. I will make the cities of Judah a desolation, an uninhabited place. Who is the person wise enough to understand this? Who has the Lord spoken to that he may explain it? Why is the land destroyed and scorched like a wilderness so no one can pass through? The Lord said, It is because they abandoned my instruction which I set before them and did not obey my voice or walk according to it. Instead, they followed the stubbornness of their hearts and followed the Baals as their ancestors taught them. Therefore, this is what the Lord of armies, the God of Israel, says, I am about to feed this people wormwood and give them poisonous water to drink. I will scatter them among the nations that they and their ancestors have not known. I will send a sword after them until I have finished them off. Mourning over Judah This is what the Lord of Armies says, Consider and summon the women who mourn. Send for the skillful women. Let them come quickly to raise a lament over us, so that our eyes may overflow with tears, our eyelids be soaked with weeping. For a sound of lamentation is heard from Zion, saying, How devastated we are! We are greatly ashamed, for we have abandoned, abandoned the land. Our dwellings have been torn down. Now hear the word of the Lord, you women. Pay attention to the words from his mouth. Teach your daughters a lament and another a dirge. For death has climbed through our windows. It has entered our fortresses, cutting off children from the streets, young men from the squares. Speak as follows. This is what the Lord declares. Human corpses will fall like manure on the surface of the field newly cut grain after the reaper with no one to gather it. Boast in the Lord. This is what the Lord says. The wise person should not boast in his wisdom. The strong should not boast in his strength. The wealthy should not boast in his wealth. But the one who boasts should boast in this, that he knows and understands me that I am the Lord, showing faithful love, justice, and righteousness on earth, for I delight in these things. 
This is the Lord's declaration. Look, the days are coming. This is the Lord's declaration. When I will punish all the circumcised, yet uncircumcised. Egypt, Judah, Edom, the Ammonites, Moab, and all the inhabitants of the desert who clipped the hair on their temples, all these nations are uncircumcised, and the whole house of Israel is uncircumcised in heart. And that gets us up through chapter 9. All right, a shorty little wisdom segment today. And then uh, I'll just close with that reflection. But I'll say this as we turn back to uh, Proverbs 13, 19. Um, This comes from the uh, Holman Bible Handbook, uh, which is a great little resource, by the way. I rely on that a lot. What we just read is about punishment and lamentation. right? Though the people claimed to be wise because they possessed God's law, Their actions contradicted their words. They disobeyed that same law, refused to repent, and believed the religious leaders who promised peace and safety. Does that sound anything like our world today? God just got done calling them out when they say, Peace, peace, and there is no peace. Proverbs 13, 19. Desire fulfilled is sweet to the taste, but to turn from evil is detestable to fools. The one who walks with the wise will become wise, but a companion of fools will suffer harm. Disaster pursues sinners, but good rewards the righteous. A good man leaves an inheritance to his grandchildren, but the sinner's wealth is stored up for the righteous. The uncultivated field of the poor yields abundant food, but without justice it is swept away. The one who will not use the rod hates his son, but the one who loves him disciplines him diligently. A righteous person eats until he is satisfied, but the stomach of the wicked is empty. Proverbs uh, 19 through 25, and that ends chapter 13. All right, so our reflection segment today is just simply this. We can't change the facts of a situation, thinking in historical terms, but we can change the meaning that we ascribe to them, right? And in a contemporary sense, it's not uncommon for people who have a beef with somebody else to change the meaning of something, right? Sometimes for the good and sometimes for the bad. So we just read about how Christians were first called Christians in Antioch, Syria. And commentators believe that originally that was an epithet, right? It was an insult. Oh, you are like one of those Jesus people. Right up to that point, they generally referred to themselves as people of the way. But what did the Christians do? They took this thing that was designed, you know, determined, was meant as an insult and just adopted it. 
And the same is true in multiple places uh, elsewhere, right? Um, one example, um, John Wesley, Wesley was insulted for turning out Methodists. So what do they call themselves? Methodists. But the opposite is true as well, right? Late 1800s, churches coming together going, what are the fundamentals of the faith that we can agree and unify on? Huh, sounds pretty awesome, huh? Until it becomes a really bad thing to be a fundamentalist. Same thing's happening right now with the word evangelical. Nobody knows what it means, and it's been turned into an epithet. Interestingly, my friends, the LGBTQ movement of the 1980s did the same thing. When they co-opted the word gay, and um, and I wish it weren't true, right? The church has, in fact, um, denigrated our friends with same-sex attraction uh, sometimes in, in awful ways. But anyway, you, you want to know where gay came from, right? It's because instead of being one of them homosexuals, oh, you're gay, they just adopted it. So good on them. And um, keep praying, right? Love doesn't change the truth to love people. So remember this. We can't change the facts of a situation, but we can change the meaning we ascribe to it. Sometimes because we adopt it and just turn it into something good like Christian. And sometimes we should be wary of it like the word evangelical. I love you, my friends. Amen. Happy Monday. Amen. <laughs>